You're listening to another episode of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 62. And today we are diving into the topic of resetting your thyroid. And we're talking about the infamous thyroid gland, hypothyroidism, and should you treat or not treat and what you should do. But before that, I want to let you know two things. Number one, there's a freebie with the episode and you can get it at wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode hyphen 62. And it's called the subclinical and hypothyroid diet plan. And it goes along with today's episode very nicely. And number two, I want to give a shout out to this week's reviewer. Her name is Betty G. And Betty G says, gee, Michelle, I can't thank you enough. I've been listening to your episodes since the beginning. I just want to let you know that you've continued to get better and better. Well, Thank you, Betty. I appreciate that. She goes on then to say, you make the topics so understandable and relatable. And I especially loved all the ones about stress. We certainly need to reduce stress as busy business women. And I can't thank you enough for bringing that to the forefront and really having me think about it so that I can implement some things to change. Way to go. Keep up the good work. And I can't wait to hear all of the upcoming episodes. Well, thank you, Betty G. I really love that. It really touches my heart because as you know, I try to make these topics simple and understandable and relatable and try to relate them to your business that, you know, in the way that when we are healthy ladies, our businesses improve so much. So that's my connection between health and business. And a lot of things that are healthy, like a good mindset, a good body, a good thought pattern, you know, having goals, all those things that we do in business, you know, definitely translate over to doing the same thing in our health and taking care of our health and all the things we need to do there translates back into our business. There is a win-win situation. So thank you so much for that. Please leave us a rating and review over at iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on iHeartRadio and we're on, oh, the other one too. I keep forgetting the other one, but anyways, we're on all of the different channels. So we would love to hear from you or come join us at Well Woman Network 360 on Facebook or subscribe and follow us over on the gram at Well Woman Network. So let's dive into today's episode on resetting your thyroid. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint. Have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome back to another episode. So as you heard in the intro, we are going to be talking about how to reset your thyroid. And if you have subclinical or borderline hypothyroidism, do you even need to be treated or not? So we're going to dive into those issues today. 
But first, I have a couple questions that I want to ask you because I want to put it out here because I want to be a disruptor in this field of women's healthcare or in just in healthcare in general. And so, you know, I want to put it to you, my audience. And what I'd love for you to do is if you could go over to Instagram and we are Well Woman Network on Instagram, please follow us and, you know, leave me a DM and let me know your comments for what I'm going to ask you, or come on over to our Facebook group at Well Woman Network 360. So it's Well Women Network 360. Ask to join and then leave me your comments on this. Because what I want to know is this. Do you think as a patient or would you want your medical provider being very bluntly honest with you? Okay. Being honest with you, telling you the truth, number one, and I'm going to go into that a little bit more here and, or number two, do you feel that it's your responsibility to partake 50% if not more in your health care? Okay. Now, so why I'm asking this question is this, okay. In practice, I belong to a practice and we have office meetings every now and then. And in these meetings, you know, we're told, you know, we can't offend patients. You know, you can't say things like somebody is morbidly obese. You don't want, you try, don't put that in the chart. Try not to talk to people about their weight. Try not to tell them that they have fatty liver disease because it makes them feel like they're fat. You know, you got to skate around all of these topics. And I'm wondering, okay, well, why do we have to skate around these topics? Okay. If somebody is morbidly obese, why can't we just say you are grossly overweight and here is what it's doing to your health? Because obviously, you know, you can still do or not do whatever, but we can't say these things. We can't tell somebody, you know, perhaps you have gut issues because you're eating crappy after they've told you what they're eating. You know, we can't ever really be honest with people. We have to kind of skirt around all these things. So, that's my number one question. Do you want your medical provider to be honest with you? Do you think that they should be? Would you be able to handle it? And I give you an example of this. Now, this is a hypothetical patient that I have or anybody could have. The person is diabetic and they're grossly overweight. They're not taking their medications the way they should. They're not following their diet or exercise. And they keep coming back to you. Okay, you're the provider here. And you spend about 35 minutes every single time they come in, educating them on, you know, the glycemic index, what they should be eating, what they shouldn't be eating. You spend time with them about taking medications and why they need medications and all kinds of alternative or different things that they could do to handle their diabetes, you know, and yet they don't, they come back. They're constantly in your office because they're sick, because your immune system isn't really up to par. They've got infections because their, you know, their sugars are not in control they keep getting, you know, ulcers that you try to keep at bay so they don't turn into gay green and they get their foot or, or toe or any other body part amputated. So you are doing above and beyond on your end as the medical provider. And then this person just, you know, doesn't want to do anything on their end. So at what point do you feel that, you know, should you be able to say to that person, Hey, I don't even know why you're coming in here to see me. Number one, because you don't, you know, obviously you're not doing anything that I'm saying. And part of it is you're, you're obviously seeking out healthcare, you know, whether you are the person or now, or even the provider, you're seeking out the healthcare. So obviously you, you want 
you're, you're supposedly stating that you want to do something about this because you're sitting here in my office. Yet the minute you leave here, nothing happens. And, you know, I've been over this with you, you know, gazillions of times and nothing is changing. So why do you even bother coming here? And if you don't feel that I can help you, maybe you should go find another provider. Now, if somebody said that, or if you said that, do you think that's highly offensive? Um, and do you think that you, you know, would you take it personal? And I'm sure we would take it personal, right? But at what point, like the second question comes in, at what point then is it your responsibility to partake in your healthcare and not just dump it all off on your medical provider? Okay. There's a, there's a two way street here. I can only meet you 50% of the way. Okay. I can't go home with you and cook your meals. I can't go grocery shopping with you, you know, and if you were the medical provider, you couldn't do any of these things either for your patients. So I just pose the questions to you because I really am trying to get a feel on this. You know, what do people really think? I mean, I know that we say that we want people to be honest and truthful with us, but really when it boils down to it, do we really want that? Or are we just saying that we want that? So let's have a discussion. Like I said, go over to Instagram and DM me again. We're well woman network and Instagram or join well woman network 360 on Facebook and join in the conversation there. And just, you know, you don't have to just go and make a separate comment box, you know, hashtag, you know, question of the podcast, whatever you want to say. And I'd like to know, because I'd like to come back on one of the shows, either next week or the week after, you know, and post some of what your thoughts are on these things. And see, you know, where are we on the same page? Because personally, I feel, and the reason that I started this podcast and went on to my online educational series and website is because I want to be honest with patients. And if I feel if I can't be honest with you, then I do not want to be your medical provider because I don't have time to sit around and, you know, and, and dance around subjects, you know? So that's my question to you. Okay. There, I'm getting off the hot seat with my question of the week. So let's get back to our regularly scheduled topic. And that is talking about resetting your thyroid and talking about hypothyroidism. And I got, I got this question from one of our newsletter followers. Her name is Brenda and Brenda, I'm sorry that it's taken me so long to get the answer for you or to even come on here and talk about it. But I, the reason that I hesitate sometimes with coming on here and talking about certain specific things is because not everybody has every single problem. So, you know, I have to make the topics relatable to a vast majority of the, of our consumers who are listening and make it exciting and inviting for them. So, you know, I try to talk broadly on the topic, no pun intended to my name and give you an idea, like under the broad topic of fatigue. Okay. Then, you know, let's put hypothyroid or thyroid issues under that instead of just specifically typing out hypothyroidism on its own. But today I thought, okay, I'm just going to start talking to you about it, but we're not going to get so deep into it and all that other kind of stuff like that. Today's not an anatomy class, but I wanted to give you an idea of things that you can do. Number one, to reset your thyroid. Okay. And talk to you about subclinical hypothyroidism, the new term that's been out over the last several years and about hypothyroidism, things that you can do, even if you are taking medication. So we're coming at it from that angle. Okay. And there's also a great freebie with this episode, and it's called the subclinical and hypothyroid um, diet plan. It's things that you can do if you have subclinical thyroid, what, you know, some nutrients and foods, different things that you can add into your diet that can help. And if you also have hypothyroidism already, it's things that you can add on or even incorporate while you're taking medication. Okay. 
So are we good? All right. So let's get started. So hypothyroidism is when your gland, your thyroid gland that is, is underactive. It is not able to make sufficient hormones. When that happens, it slows down your metabolism and it's very possible that you will gain weight. You could even feel depressed and or sluggish. You can have dry hair, dry nails, constipation, a lot of things, or just, you know, very light symptoms. The thyroid ladies, if it doesn't function properly, can cause problems in your body. It is a very integral part of the body. And it's the kind of butterfly shaped gland of about two inches long. And it sits right here in your neck. Okay. It sits in the front and it controls your metabolism because it forms part of the endocrine system, which is responsible for making the hormones that control heaps of other bodily functions. You can then see how imperative it is to keep the thyroid healthy. There is another gland in the body called the pituitary gland, and its job is to let the thyroid know just how much of the hormones your body requires. But like many bodily parts, the thyroid too develops problems. And in the thyroid's case, it can suddenly start producing too much or too little of these precious hormones. It could even become enlarged or it could even grow lumps of extra tissue. Around 12% of people develop various types of problems with their thyroid in their lifetime, and women are the ones more likely to have thyroid problems than men, okay? So there are different kinds of thyroid disorders, and the one that I'm going to be talking about and spotlighting today is hypothyroidism and subclinical hypothyroidism. Other ones that you can look up to, that you can look up or kind of just see if you have are around the topic of hyperthyroidism thyroid nodules, goiter, and thyroid cancer. Now you can have thyroid goiter, thyroid nodules, I'm sorry, or a goiter and not have hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism. They can be separate in of themselves. And I also want you to understand too, that certain supplements can interfere with your lab values. Okay. And one of those that is popular for women is biotin because you see it a lot in um, hair supplements, nail supplements, and biotin can interfere with your testing in the way that number one, if you are not taking any medication and just going in to get your thyroid tested off the cuff, it can show that you are hyperthyroidism falsely. Or if you are taking medication, it can falsely show that you're taking too much medication and your provider may lower your dose you know, when you really don't need that dose to be lowered. So always, you know, make sure to talk to your, to your medical provider about supplements that you may be taking. Heparin also interferes with your thyroid test as well. Okay. So if you have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, you probably want to see your medical provider because you've noticed changes in your metabolism or you had digestion problems, no energy, you weren't sleeping properly, or your appetite changed. And you might've even noticed changes in your skin, hair, and nails. So you went to them to say, Hey, something is going on. But here's the thing, ladies. One of the other reasons that I decided that I wanted to talk about hypothyroidism today, or more importantly, the poor thyroid gland is because the thyroid gets blamed for everything. It gets blamed for weight gain, for hormonal disruptions, for everything. But mostly the thyroid gland gets blamed for being overweight. Every patient that I have ever taken care of that has some weight gain always comes in and says, oh, I'm gaining weight. You know, it must be my thyroid and I, I need my thyroid checked. So in defense of the poor thyroid gland, you know, it is not necessarily always the case. 
because there are a lot of things that can be causing you to have excess waste. And your thyroid gland is just one component of it. Your thyroid gland is tied into your other hormones. It can affect your progesterone, cortisol, and stress affects your thyroid because your thyroid gland loves to be a helper. You see, your body wants to be in homeostasis. It wants to be in balance. And when one system is off, ladies, then another system will generally come in and want to help to make it go back to being balanced. And your thyroid gland just happens to love to do that. And the brain doesn't always like that idea, but the thyroid jumps in and tries to take care of a multitude of problems that are going on in the body. And therefore it can get run down and it can get tired. So you just don't have to have even hypothyroidism for your gland to just start getting tired. And there's some things that we're going to talk about as well for that. Okay. So how do you find out if you have hypothyroidism? Well, you're going to go see your medical provider and they're going to run some blood tests and they will probably test for free T4, free T3, as well as TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. Now TSH is the gold standard for testing thyroid. It is a negative feedback loop. So if your thyroid is doing its job, your numbers will come back normal. If your thyroid is starting to slow down and it is not doing its job very well, your numbers will start to elevate past the normal range. If your thyroid, on the other hand, is like just in excess and just using up everything, it will come back below the normal range and you will have hyperthyroidism. So there's two different things. And people usually get confused about that because they think, you know, if their number is high, that they have hyper. It's the opposite is what is true here. Okay. The standard range right now, as of 2018 for TSH is 0.34 to 4.5. And it can vary depending on the lab that you go to. A diagnosis of hypothyroidism will be made if your TSH is higher than 4.5. However, sometimes even though the TSH is in range, some people may still have symptoms of true hypothyroidism. And this condition is referred to as mild or subclinical hypothyroidism. If you, if your TSH is still in range and you're having symptoms, you can also ask your medical provider to run thyroid antibody test as these sometimes rise faster than the TSH does. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a second. Subclinical hypothyroidism is usually the early stage and can progress onto hypothyroidism, but this is where you can adapt the hypothyroid diet and make the necessary lifestyle changes. Again, grab the freebie. When hypothyroid is not corrected, more severe problems can occur. And we all know we don't want these. Sometimes you'll get brain fog. You can have an unhealthy pregnancy. You can have infertility issues. You can have heart problems. You can have obesity and you can have joint pain. So I want to go off on a side note here too, because I want to read you something that was written by Heidi, go Heidi Godman, and she's the executive director of the Harvard Health Letter. Because we've been seeing such a rise in the treatment of thyroid with thyroid medication, and it's becoming alarming. Okay. So here's what she said. Who actually benefits from taking thyroid medication is called into question. New evidence suggests that many people may be taking this medication unnecessarily, levothyroxine or Synthroid, to the point of overtreatment. In a study published a couple years ago in JAMA, Internal Medicine, 
Researchers in the United Kingdom determined that levothyroxine, is, that's a medication, is widely prescribed for people with borderline hypothyroidism, subclinical, and often without much benefit. The researchers point out that the overtreatment may be due to inadequate monitoring of thyroid hormone levels, as well as physicians and medical providers prescribing the drug to treat symptoms that aren't actually due to hypothyroidism. Because again, fatigue, weight gain, constipation, all of those other things can be related to other things going on. It doesn't necessarily have to just be hypothyroidism. Okay, so this is what they go on to say. Endocrinologist Dr. Jeffrey Garber, an associate professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School, agrees with the findings. He's an internationally respected authority on thyroid disease, and he's the author of the Harvard Medical School Guide to Overcoming Thyroid Problems. He says, ladies, a number of factors may be contributing to the increase in treatment of mild hypothyroidism. Greater patient and physician attention to thyroid status may be prompting more testing and leading to more diagnoses. Again, with people coming in constantly saying it's their thyroid, I feel this, I feel that, it's the cause of my weight gain, okay? He goes on to say also, he points out the threshold of what's considered a normal thyroid range was lowered in 2002, and that lower number is what labs use today when they look at thyroid hormones in the blood. Maybe that's why prescriptions of levothyroxine have increased in the United States from about 50 million prescriptions in 2006 to about 7 million in 2010. Researchers found a similar increase in England and Wales, with prescriptions jumping from 17 million in 2006 to 23 million in 2010. So the question then becomes, what's wrong with giving people who have borderline or subclinical underactive thyroid a little something to make them feel better? Well, it's a pretty risky business. You can run the risk of experiencing side effects from taking levothyroxine, which include irregular heart rate, insomnia, loss of bone density, without reaping any benefits from it. Dr. Garber is hoping that clinical practice guidelines will make a difference in diagnosis. These guidelines come from a task force representing the American Thyroid Association and the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists. So here's what they say. The best way to check for hypothyroidism, like I said, is to look at the TSH. That's the hormone the pituitary gland sends out to tell the thyroid how much thyroid to release. If the thyroid is underactive, the pituitary gland will tell the thyroid to work harder and it does that by sending out more TSH. So the higher the TSH level, the lower the thyroid activity. A normal TSH value is between 4.4, like I just said. When the TSH level is above 10 milliliters, there's uniform agreement that treatment with levothyroxine is appropriate. So back, I went back and did some research. Back in 2002, the normal TSH levels in the in the medical community where you could go all the way up to like, if you could not treat, if it went all the way up to 10 and then after 10, yes, treatment is advisable. But he goes on to say that if the TS, that if the TSH is between four and 10 treatment may still be warranted in various situation. And this is the guidelines. If the level of actual thyroid hormone in the body known as T4 and T3 are abnormal, then if those levels are changing, then you may want to get on some medication if your TSH is like on the, you know, four point side or a little bit higher in those areas. Also, if your bloodstream contains antibodies, that's like I just said, if you test for thyroid antibodies, sometimes they rise faster than the actual TSH. 
or if there's evidence of heart disease or risk of it. Okay, so if you have heart disease and you are maybe subclinical or your levels are rising, they're four point and they're above 4.0, then yes, you would look at treatment. So what should you do if you have borderline low thyroid levels that cause uncomfortable symptoms, but don't meet the guidelines for treatment? He goes on to say, use thyroid hormone for a brief period of time. If you feel better, you can continue with the treatment. If not, then stop. Okay. So all treatment for hypothyroidism, even borderline cases may be, must be individualized and monitored carefully by your medical provider. Okay. So it's saying that a lot of times what happened is the endocrinology society lowered, they kind of to say, okay, the range used to be is, is 3.4 to 4. But they also said that because they're seeing so many people or women in general who are having symptoms of hypothyroidism, that they said the range may be narrower and their new range is from 0.34 to 2.5. So they're suggesting that if you are 2.5 or above, then you should be able to, and have symptoms, You, it's okay for you to start on treatment using some medication. Okay. But Dr. Garber is saying that you may not need to be put on medication if you can handle it through other means, because we're prescribing way too many medications that we, then we need to. So I'm not saying that you can't go on medications. And again, this podcast and all the stuff that we do, like our disclaimer says at the end, is just for educational purposes. And it is up to you as the individual to talk to your medical provider to kind of see what is best for your circumstances. Okay. And that's where you'll determine what you need to do. All right. So I wanted to go over here and kind of say, okay, even though there is no cure for hypothyroidism, ladies, there are ways you can naturally increase your thyroid hormone production. If you are someone who likes to use conventional medicines prescribed by a medical provider, you might already have in your hands something such as levothyroxine or Synthroid or Armor. There's New Thyroid, there's West Thyroid, there's a lot of different ones. They're compounded formulas as well. And you already might be on them. Any of those, they are synthetic hormone tablets, which your medical provider can prescribe to you. And once, if you truly are like really hypothyroidism, this is a medication that you are going to probably be on for the rest of your life. And I would not suggest that you go off of it without talking to your medical provider about it and, you know, and deciding, deciding on a plan of action of what you're going to do. Because if you truly have it and your number's high and they get really high, you do not want to be running into, you know, really bad things like mixed edema that can happen down the road or things like that. When it comes to natural treatments though, ladies, the first step will be to try and eliminate the cause of the dysfunction, which is probably inflammation, the overuse of medications, other medications that is, and most notably nutrient deficiencies. There have been change, there might've been changes in your hormones because of stress as well. And this could have done it too. See, that's what I'm saying you know, stress can cause other things to happen and you can feel all these other symptoms due to stress and it may not really be your thyroid's problem. Okay. If you've been diagnosed, you probably, you may or may not have been, but I hope that you've been given like a hypothyroidism diet to help eliminate foods that can cause inflammation and immune reactions in your body. All right. And you can pick up the freebie and kind of see what those are. You will be focusing on foods that help to heal your gut, to balance your hormones, and to reduce the inflammation, the root cause of many diseases, and you may need to clear your body of inflammation before any healing can take place. So even if you are taking medications, you can still do all those things too and give your thyroid an extra boost so that you 
may only need to be on the lowest dose possible of medication, which is always the best in my book. That is anyways. So let's first look ladies at the causes and where possibly the hypothyroidism may have come from or the subclinical hypothyroid, or just your thyroid being off, even if your numbers are normal and you still feel those symptoms. Number one, inflammation. A top cause of hypothyroidism today is a condition known as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. This is an autoimmune type of hypothyroidism. This is where your thyroid antibodies are elevated. To put it simply, it's when the thyroid is inflamed and antibodies are produced, which will attack the thyroid gland. Side note here is usually sometimes if people have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, they also can have other parts of a syndrome. You can have celiac disease. So if you're having some issues with your gut, you may want to check that out to make sure, you know, that you don't have it. Even if you don't have celiac disease, you know, gluten may be not your friend. Number two, a poor diet. A diet that does not consist of high nutrient rich foods, particularly iodine and selenium and other important trace minerals will increase your risk of hypothyroid disorders. Vital nutrients offer protection to the rest of your body too, as you know, for example, when there's a severe selenium deficiency, you increase your chances of developing thyroiditis, which is the the autoimmune part. A deficiency of this mineral can prevent the activity of glutathione in your body, which normally controls inflammation and oxidative stress. So grab the freebie to see the right amounts of selenium that you need in your diet. And again, you can get that freebie at www.wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode hyphen 61. Oh, are we talking? Oh, wait a minute. Are we six? No, episode number 62. Sorry. Forgot what episode that we're on here. Okay. Moving on. Genetics. So this is a very rare thing, but some newborn babies can and have been born, although not common with a dysfunction, with the dysfunction of the thyroid gland. This is a genetic condition called congenital hypothyroidism. It is thought that people can develop hypothyroidism if they have close family members who have an autoimmune disease. According to the National Institute of Health, the NIH, fortunately, congenital hypothyroidism likelihood is low with only about one in every 4,000 newborns being born with thyroid disorder. Six, pregnancy. During pregnancy or afterward, there will be some women, no one really knows why, who produce high levels of thyroid hormones, which is then followed by a rapid decline. This is known as postpartum thyroiditis. Symptoms can disappear in a 12 to six, in a 12 to 18 month period, but can also unfortunately lead to permanent hypothyroidism. Seven, the blending of certain medications. There are some medications which often seem to lead to the development of an underactive thyroid. It appears as if the more common medications are those used to treat heart problems and or cancer and some psychiatric medications, more so the psychiatric medications. So talk to your medical provider about those as well. Number eight, emotional stress. Stress definitely impacts on the hormones, and this, ladies, in turn causes inflammation to worsen in the body. Stress raises the levels of adrenaline and cortisol in the body, which in turn disrupts the neurotransmitter functioning. Emotional stress saps energy, depresses the mood, causes lower concentration levels, disturbs your appetite, causes weight gain, and can cause a person to get insufficient sleep. Now, you just heard all that, right? Now, all of those symptoms are exactly the same symptoms as hypothyroidism. So you can see why it's confusing. But stress, ladies, as you know, I've been talking about this and talking about this for so many episodes now. You've got to get a handle on this because this is what is a culprit of so many things today. Okay? 
get that self-care in. Go grab our survival guide on self-care tips to learn how to get more of it in your, in your daily lives because you definitely need it. Number nine, inactivity. Participating in exercise and eating a healthy diet are key to controlling your stress levels, ladies, and to manage your hormone-related neurological functioning. When you regularly get sufficient exercise, you usually find that you sleep better. That means you can deal with stress better. You can maintain better weight and thereby reduce all the risk factors associated with hypothyroidism because stress over time, uncontrolled, can make your thyroid poop out. So what about you? The thyroid is a master gland, ladies, producing critical hormones, helping to control the whole process of tuning the nutrients you eat into energy so your body runs efficiently. Because it plays such a major role in how your metabolism works because it controls cellular metabolism, when it becomes dysfunctional, it can affect just about the entire body. And that goes for your energy levels and your ability to burn calories. So basically, when your thyroid gland is underactive, your metabolism slows down. You are continually tired and you struggle with keeping off the weight. So those with hypothyroidism sometimes have to also deal with feelings of anxiety, depression, insufficient sleep, and low immunity levels. An out-of-balance thyroid can mean drastic emotional changes in your body at different times. So here are some things that I want you to look out for. If you have them, then you need to seek out your medical provider's help and see if you have hypothyroidism, true, or if you have subclinical. And if you can treat it with diet and exercise and stress reduction, grab the freebie. Again, it's at www.wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode six dash hyphen 62. And it's about the hypothyroid and subclinical diet plan. It can help you wherever you're at in this process. So if you have these symptoms, then go get your thyroid numbers checked just to make sure. Tiredness, anxiety, sudden anxiety or depression that, or that is coming on and you don't know where it's coming from. Unintentional weight gain. If you have infertility problems, if you have goiter problems, if you feel cold all the time, if you suffer from constipation, if you've got muscle tiredness or aches, stiffness or swelling in the joints, if you have hair loss, if you have skin that is rough and cracked, if you have changes in your menstrual cycle, if you have more colds and flus due to a lowered immune system and function, then go see your medical provider today and get your thyroid levels checked and get your hormones checked because that's part of it, depending on what age you're at. Now, if you're younger, you don't necessarily need your hormones checked, but find out how efficient your thyroid is running. If you are running after 4.4 and above, <clears throat> see if maybe you can change some things going on in your life before you start on medication, unless your numbers are really high and you talk with your medical provider about that. If you have subclinical hypothyroidism, meaning you have symptoms of hypothyroidism, but your numbers don't show that they show kind of still in the normal range, then definitely follow a hypothyroid or subclinical hypothyroid diet and nutrition plan and take some supplements over the counter to help your thyroid and boost it. If you have true hypothyroidism and you are on medication, then you still can do the things through diet and exercise to help lower your immune, you know, your inflammation, I'm sorry, your inflammation in your body that can make your medication work better for you. So there you have it, ladies. Got into the topic of hypothyroidism today. Talked to you a little bit about, you know, medication use and the overuse of medication. Um, grab the freebie. 
So you know what some of the things are on a subclinical and a hypothyroidism diet that you can start implementing yourself, some nutritional supplements on there. So you can see if you can get those going, but you know, it is your job to partake in your healthcare. Okay. Even no matter how you answered that question when I first started the podcast or not, and I still want to hear from you. So please don't forget, answer those two questions for me over on the gram under well woman network or in our Facebook well woman network 360 group. Come on over. Let's have the discussion because ladies, we can't change the landscape of healthcare. If we are not open and honest about it, and we're not having a conversation about these topics and what we need to do and the state of healthcare in our world today is crappy. And more and more people are sick and more and more women are sick and more and more children are getting sick. So we need to start having these hard discussions and figuring out what the hell the problem is and how we together, okay, you as the patient or client and myself as the medical provider or all medical providers out there, how we can bridge that gap to make it better so that you are getting better and that what we're doing is beneficial. Because as a medical provider, I know that I went into medicine to help people, to help people get better, not just throw medication at them, not just spend five minutes with them the way the medical system has gotten to lately, but sit down and have conversations. But I only want to have conversations with people who want to have those conversations and who actively want to be a part of their healthcare. If that's you, then please come on and join the discussion again over on the gram at Well Woman Network or over on Facebook at Well Woman Network 360. Again, I know that you can listen to a lot of other things. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to our show today. And I look forward to talking with you next week. Grab the freebie again at wellwomannetwork.com forward slash episode hyphen 62. So again, I hope that your week is blessed and may God richly bless you and bye for now. The information, including but not limited to text, graphics, images, and other material contained in the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle podcast is for educational purposes only. The purpose of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle is to promote broad consumer understanding and knowledge of various women's health topics. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking any new health care regime. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read or heard on one of our podcasts.